Picture this, you're sitting down to watch a live poetry performance. The first poet takes the stage, and as they begin to read, they're accompanied by a live jazz band. If this sounds intriguing, well, you're in luck. International Jazz Poetry Month returns to Pittsburgh on May 2nd. The festival features more than 50 artists, including local jazz icons and poets from Algeria, Cuba, Sudan, and Ukraine. Tickets to watch online or in person at City of Asylum's home on the north side are free. Get yours at cityofasylum.org before they're gone. Today on CityCast Pittsburgh, there's a vegan Eastern European restaurant serving pierogi so good you'll think they're from a church basement. Once a year, Abteca puts the pierogi on hold and serves their famous Krapteca burgers. On the eve of Krapteca, which is a local holiday here, we're with Kate Lasky, one half of the mind and the hands behind the hometown favorite that's gotten national acclaim. Thursday, January 19th. I'm Morgan Moody, and this is CityCast Pittsburgh. Kate, I feel like you and I were in um, a gang together. (laughs) Obviously, I'm kidding, but we went to high school together. Um, So between then and now, what happened? How did you become a chef? Accidentally, I guess. Uh, it's also worth noting that you we did go to high school together and you were very cool. And Aww. I was way less cool. I and, thought you were uh, very cool, Kate. You're, oh, thanks, Morgan. Uh, that's because you're so cool. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I went to, I, I stuck around Pittsburgh and did school. And um, the whole time, like in high school and beyond, then I was working in food. But it was just because... I had a job and that like at a place that opened right down the street from me and I was trying to be a barista and they were like, no, and (laughs) they gave me a job in the kitchen. So I was like working in a kitchen in high school and college and into grad school. And uh, in that time that I met my partner who we were just like, we we started doing a pop-up together and we really liked cooking uh, together. Like we really worked well together and had a lot of fun doing this like pop-up and that just got like more and more popular and then for whatever reason we were like maybe we should open a restaurant and then we did when when was that when was like the when when was your first pop-up uh 2011 okay i think 2011 yeah i was still i was still in undergrad as like a basically a senior and he had done it without me like maybe twice and then we like we got together and I was like, oh, yeah, I like know how to make some soups. And then I was like, so I had, I had some food experience. So like I got I got kind of pulled into it pretty quickly. And um, yeah, we did that for like five years before opening up. I think I remember one of those pop ups because um, I had like just moved back here um, out of college and moved on to Penn Avenue, like in Garfield. Yeah, and I remember running yeah. into you. Yeah, like in on the street, and you were making pierogi, and I was like, "What?" And here we are. Yeah, because we did it at the Garfield Artworks. R.I.P. There was like for a while we were kind of like stationed there, and then 
eventually ended up doing them at the Stephen Foster Center over in Lawrenceville. So I remember that because you had just moved back to and you were living in Garfield now. Yeah. We're going to get into Crab Sack, uh, your annual burger pop up that has a cult following. Um, (laughs) But before we get to that, I wanted to go back to, yeah, when you first had the idea for a fully vegan Eastern European Polish restaurant, like, did you think it would end up having this big of a following? Um, no, no. I, I, I think like with Pierogi Night, like what we saw is that people were really excited to come out. Like it was more like whenever people talk about it now, then mm-hmm. I think they speak of it as like this social event that was happening because we would have like 300 people on a lot of Pierogi Nights, especially towards the end. It was like, you know, between two and 400 people in this three hour window. Wow. Yeah. And it would take all week to like prep and we would get all of our friends who like had no food experience to help us. How many, how many were you making? If you're I mean, honestly, more than we make for a week in the restaurant. Now. Yeah. It was, it was crazy, it was, but probably like 3000 brogi sort of thing. Maybe, mm. maybe a little bit more than that, but it would be three of us doing it. So like Tomas would roll, the dough and I would pinch the pierogi and then we'd have somebody who'd help us like blanch and store them. Yeah. And um, we, yeah, again, we just really like enjoyed cooking and working together. And when we started to think about what we do for a restaurant, then I think we were just looking at like, what, what are we excited to showcase? Mm-hmm. And my partner, um, Tomas is first generation Polish. And I am like, I can't even count the number of generations Pittsburgh, which means that <laughs> I grew up with like just, you know, just eating yeah. a lot of pierogi and like my family has roots in Central Europe and like Croatia and Poland and Slovakia. So I kind of grew up with that thing that I think you can identify with, too, which is just like this is just kind of part of the fabric of the city. Yeah. And a lot of people, even if you have that background or not, like really love pierogi and kind of have experienced some kind of like Central and Eastern European culture and cuisine. And it's just, you know, a big part of like the immigration that happened into Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people have these roots. And I think that what we saw that was missing from it, just like from my experience of like traveling through that region and um, Tomaz's experience with like, he would go back every summer, his family, all of his family except for his parents were there and they were all really good cooks and they had like these fantastic city gardens and like all this like kind of really amazing food exposure that you got to see was that the Pittsburgh like you know filtered through a number of generations like you don't necessarily get to experience the bounty and the nuance of some of the food from that region even though we all are kind of excited by it so we were just looking to explore that you know, what what we can offer to kind of the conversation about Central and Eastern European food. And that all kind of was focused through the lens of particularly Poland, just because that's where we have the most um, connection. Yeah. Um, and then it's just vegan because we're vegan. Yeah. Were there were there <laughs> any were there any uh, uh, critics initially who think that, you know, Polish food needs to have butter? It has to have, you know, meat if it doesn't have animal product that it's not authentic. I mean, I think it's always people are saying that stuff. It's not at the beginning. I think it's, I mean, still like comment sections are speak truths about what people believe. Uh, But I think that there's enough people who 
like most of you will come here aren't vegan or vegetarian. And I think that people are just excited to get to try something that's really different. And there's, yeah, yeah, there's definitely people who are like, this is kind of missing um, something that they see as fundamental to what this cuisine is. And I think for us, then it really, we were able to just take kind of method and idea and apply those like kind of techniques and flavors to vegetables rather than meat. So we do a lot of fermentation and smoking and different kinds of preserving. So it's like, that's, that's, I guess where we're kind of making up for the fact that like, yeah, there's not meat, but you can still kind of find that flavor through other means. Is there anything absolutely that you have not been able to, to crack the code on or like, or, you know, find, find a good vegan substitute? I think the the biggest challenge is like kielbasa because like we do we brine and we smoke carrots. Yeah, Some people listening to this are going to be like, "This is the most ridiculous thing ever." This no. doesn't, but we brine and smoke carrots, and they're really delicious. Like they kind of just taste like they they have qualities of like a smoked meat, mm-hmm. but you can't just put a brine smoked carrot on a plate and be like, "Hey, this is." a kielbasa like right it's i think some people maybe are comfortable with that but it's just like i think for us then we just find it as like it's it's kind of missing like something something's missing from that experience yeah um so we're able to kind of like take that and make it an element in something else like we make a jurek which is like this it's like a fermented flour soup that's really traditional which is it's really cool but like we'll put that in there and it's like kind of holds this space of maybe like a kielbasa, but it's not supposed to be this thing. And I think especially because we don't use like um, meat substitutes, like we were not working with seitan. And uh, like if we make a tempeh or something like that, then it's it's not going to be like, okay, this is a one for one for a meat product. Right. Then it's just, we're, we're just, I guess, finding ways to uh, hold the space differently that than a meat would. And a lot of that's just kind of refocusing dishes. Do you like to dance? Look at beautiful art, eat gourmet snacks, people watch? Well, mark your calendars for Friday, June 7th for one of my favorite parties in Pittsburgh. It's Mattress Factory's 25th Garden Party. The theme this year is make-believe, and it's all to celebrate and support the creatives in our community. There's going to be live music, an open bar, an art auction, and probably my favorite, the costume contest. Trust me, I will be judging yins, and so will everyone else there. Be playful, be imaginative, explore your magical realm, because this is a theme party. You want to come dressed to impress. You must be 21 and up to attend, and rest assured, every dollar raised goes directly towards supporting the museum, its art, its education, and all of its community outreach initiatives. Get your tickets now to the 25th Mattress Factory Garden Party. They are in our show notes and online at mattress.org.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. You have Crab Taka starting this week. This is the sixth year that that this is going yeah. on? Yeah, yeah. Wow. We're old. The annual, well, you're still young, you know. Yeah. Six is young. <laughs> the annual event uh, is where you switch things up and you make burgers for a couple of weeks. Um, you're talking about how intensive your and, and um, time-consuming your, your prep can be, you know, to, to make everything in-house for your, you know, for all of your dishes. So how did Crapteca get its start? Um, it started because basically we wanted to go on vacation every year. Mm-hmm. And uh, we thought that we'd be able to, um, and we were able to for the first couple of years, like basically prep a ton of stuff and then leave and just like not leave uh, everybody here at a really bad situation. So like if we were doing the Apteca menu, then especially for the first couple of years, it's just really hard for us to not be here because it was just so much work and so much upkeep. Yeah. So with Crab Tackle, we were like, okay, well, we'll make, we'll just do veggie burgers and which we had, we used to do a late night menu too. So we were already running them on a late night menu mm-hmm. and we just would make like a ton of, a ton of knees and then like, you know, leave the keys and come back and we would close. Like, I think we would run it for a week and then we'd close for a week. So we were able to leave for like 10 days. Yeah, how how does it operate? What do you, you put like your order in, and it's just pickup, right? We're back to doing dine in. Like it's it's been weird just with the pandemic, but like yeah. the, because the first year of the pandemic, we were only doing takeout like for the entire restaurant, and then last year we did a hybrid. And I think enough people want to still do takeout that we're going to offer some for mm-hmm. pre orders. On your Instagram, it says that people get pretty stoked for Crab Taco, which I think is a bit of a, a misnomer. Um, people really love these burgers. I say that because as I'm bitter because I haven't gotten one. Um, I feel like I'm always like fighting for them. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it, it is because it is. It's, it's just, there, yeah, yeah, it's because it's like the week long. And, and by the time, like, I feel like I usually am like, I finally am. And it's sold out. Um, so I usually miss out. Sorry. So I'm a little bit. That's okay. But we'll uh, fix that this year. I'm, I'm, I'm coming this year. <laughs> we have three weeks. I'm going to get all the burgers. What is on the burger this year? So we're doing, we do four types. Um, or this year, I guess we're doing four types. Sometimes we've done less. But we have one that's like a classic burger that's just like lettuce, tomato, onion. And we make it, we spin a mayo out of a chili oil. So we make chili mm-hmm. oil and then spin that oil into a mayo. And that's on there. And Heinz because we we must. And then that's the only a, that's the only thing that you don't do from scratch, right? Yeah, we buy we do buy ketchup. Yeah, we do. We must. Because yeah, you must. That's, yeah, that's, that would be that'd be twisted. Yeah. Uh, and then yeah, there's three other kinds that are kind of like specialty burgers. So we're doing like a tropicalia one that has like burnt pineapple and some curry mm. sauces, and uh, one that's called a frico uh, <laughs> that has like. Just like weird stuff on it, like a raisin sauce and pumpkin seed oil. It sounds crazy, but it's really fun. And then a baba burger that's like um, kind of an homage to more of like Apteca style menu. So like beets and dill and horseradish. 
And then there's two other sandwiches and there's fries and there's some salads and a sunflower ice cream, sunflower seed ice cream, milkshakes. And that's roughly the entire menu. So we're going to be pattying burgers all day tomorrow. Yeah. In preparation. I, it, I mean, you've been a very popular restaurant since you opened. Um, have things changed for you at all? Since the New York Times named Apteca one of the 50 best restaurants, you know, 2022, has it been? <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. Um, I mean, I think more, I think, I think people have been very generous with us and just like willing to come in and kind of experience this weird project with, you know, just being really open to it. And I think when the New York Times thing came out, came out, then a lot of people who were still kind of like skeptical about the project were like, okay, I'm going to try it out. Like this was in the New York Times. So even now it's like every weekend we get tons of people who haven't been here before. And for a long time, yeah. we were like, we can't possibly be busier. And like, we're like even busier. So it's really, I mean, yeah, we've just been super fortunate with, I think people who are really open and excited and sh show up, which is really special. I don't know. Uh, you, you do though have arguably one of the best restaurants in the country. Um, Thanks Morgan. You're welcome. <laughs> I, I, I do tell people all the time. I'm always like, I went to high school with her. She was cool. She was cool as hell. Oh, Usually thanks, Morgan. Yeah, yeah, and my dad. Yeah, 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 yes, yes, <laughs> and your dad, yes. Shout out Kate's dad. Um, what's your tip for making sure that you get a burger this year at Craptaca? Well, A, we're going to try to make a lot. Mm -hmm. So hopefully we'll solve that. I think, like, I think, this is my my trick is show up, put your name on the wait list, and just be willing to like go grab a coffee or a beer around the corner. You know, there's a bunch of like there's a yeah. bunch of spots close to here. I think if you're willing to plan your night and not have this be your first stop, but just stop here to like be able to show up, mm -hmm. you're gonna have a great time. You know, we got two frays down the street. Go grab a beer. Explore the city. Explore the city. And then I think we're going to do pre-orders for takeout. But like somebody told us in a, a very frustrated way that they it took it was it was harder to buy Crepteca than it was to buy Iron Maiden tickets. So <laughs> I apologize. I don't know. I see you got my email. <laughs> <laughs> we're working on it, Morgan. We're working on it. <laughs> Kate Lasky is the co-owner, co-operator, and co-chef at Apteca. Kate, thank you so much for joining me and for, for catching up with me. This has been nice. I know, it's been nice. Thanks so much for having me. Crapteca starts tomorrow, January 20th, and runs Fridays through Sundays until February 5th. A little more news before you go. Mayor Ed Ganey is appointing seven people to the city's newly reorganized Art and Civic Design Commission. A little history here, Ganey dismissed all five members of the Art Commission late last year. It was pretty abrupt. Then he split the commission into two groups. One reviews proposals for public art projects like paintings and sculptures. The other focuses on civic design and reviews proposals for things like public housing and parks. City council members have to approve Ganey's new picks for the commission before they can start these volunteer positions. 
And there is a local celebrity in Frick Park, and his name is Caster. Caster's a beaver that hikers and wildlife fans have been on the lookout for. Park rangers say that the presence of a beaver is a damn good sign for Nine Mile Run. It was once known as Stink Creek because of the industrial waste in the water. While Caster may not have found his forever home in Frick Park, his renovations will make the park more climate resilient in the long run. That's all for today here on CityCast Pittsburgh. If you enjoyed the show and you get a crap taco burger because of it, take a picture and tag us on social. We're on Instagram and Twitter at CityCastPGH and subscribe to our Hey Pittsburgh newsletter. That will be very nice. We'll be back tomorrow morning with more news from around the city. So we'll see you then. Yeah, yeah, and see what you're buying and... (laughs) come home and probably let them rot because I don't know how to cook all that. Um, (laughs) You... (laughs)